Welcome to season three of Spotless, breaking the boundaries of television, where creative, technology, and television converge. Brought to you by two media trailblazers, Triple Lift and Advertising Week, Spotless brings you conversations with the industry's boldest and most inspiring voices. I'm your host, Alexis Ruff, and with me today is Sarah Rosen, head of North American Content Partnerships at Twitter. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us for season three of Spotless. Thank you for having me. I love the intro that I classify as bold. So this is exciting. What a compliment. Oh, the boldness is going to go very far today. You are a full epitome of everything that we represent here at Spotless. Let's delve into why you are such an amazing guest to have, because you have such an impressive background in media and entertainment. What led to your current role at Twitter? Well, without taking you through my entire journey, I'll give you the Twitter version of my career journey, the 280 character version slightly more. So I think it starting back to when I had my biggest internship in college, the summer before my senior year of college, I interned at a movie studio and in publicity. And it was at that moment that I realized there's actually, you can actually have cool jobs. You don't have to have boring jobs. And I'll tell you at the career fairs at my college, the jobs and companies that were there were like not the most inspiring for me, at least. So I interned at a movie studio and decided early on, like, I'm going to have a cool job. I always want to work for cool companies. I want to do things I'm excited about. So I, I have had a combination of drive, luck, timing, and relationships have led me to a really lucky and exciting career. So I started at a movie studio in publicity. I did a little stint at the NBA in sports and then went back to entertainment with Viacom and was sort of at a turning point at in my role at Viacom and decided I really wanted to check out these emerging social media companies. This was eight years ago and found a job at Twitter that was looking for someone to manage relationships with entertainment companies. So the idea that I could learn about tech, which was still eight years ago, was still new and emerging and exciting. And like, what will this be? Will they be successful? And talk about entertainment and what my experience and knowledge is. It was perfect. And eight years later, here I am. So that's, that's the short, long story of how I got here. It is the perfect short, long story. And more than anything, I really resonate with the notion of the world presents us with boring jobs as our opportunities. And I love that you found the least boring and let's push more people to go beyond you know, the job titles that we're most familiar with. You also have a, you have a team that you, that you supervise who equally does not boring jobs. Can you tell us about the work that your group at Twitter does? Yeah. So My team, and I might be biased, but I think generally everyone would agree. The team that I get to work with every single day are some of the most talented, driven, and successful individuals that I have ever encountered in my career. And they make magic happen on a regular basis. So the role of of the, the U North America content partnerships team at Twitter is to work with our biggest content partners across entertainment, news, lifestyle, gaming, sports, and creators, and do two primary things. One is help our partners bring great content to Twitter. And two is help them monetize that content via 
Twitter Amplify. So the team is working every day with partners from networks like NBC and Disney to lifestyle partners like Condé Nast and Tastemade to sports leagues like NFL and NBA to some of our biggest gaming partners and news partners like Bloomberg. And they are helping these partners figure out how to be good on Twitter. What's the content that's going to resonate? How do you successfully engage your audience on Twitter in a meaningful way? And then how do you make an additional revenue stream that you might not otherwise be getting on social in a, in a turnkey way? So you're really seeing the partnership evolution from a, a total 360 perspective from, from onset to execution. Yes, exactly. And, and also testing out new products and, you know, with working with some of the biggest content partners in the world, having them try products that Twitter is releasing when they're in the beta phase or even when they're just G8 is really critical to us. So if you take Twitter spaces, what the work that some of our content partners have done, like ESPN, like Billboard, has been really meaningful in the evolution of the product of spaces, both to get users to participate in spaces because what's going to bring users into a space is an interesting conversation, but also to give us feedback about what works and what doesn't about the product. And these are really savvy partners that are working with every social media company. They are not afraid to tell you when something isn't to their liking, which cuts both ways, but we like to view it as a gift. Feedback's always a gift so that we can be better and improve because Ultimately, there are power users and we want to hear how to improve the product to make it as impactful as possible. And speaking of the product overall, taking a little step back and looking at Twitter as a whole, it's been a leading social media platform for well over a decade. Today, who makes up the, the Twitter audience that, you, that you're trying to connect with? I mean, I think Twitter has such a wide audience from young to old people come for, to Twitter. I mean, if you ask people why you use Twitter, what are you coming um, to Twitter for? I think the most common answer you'll see is like Twitter's where I get my real-time updates about things that you're passionate about. So whether that's news or sports or entertainment or lifestyle, you know, Twitter really is what's happening. It's not just our tagline. That's what Twitter is. If something happens in the world, no matter what the category of that happening is, you're going to find out the information is the, the fastest by coming to Twitter. And then you're also going to have fun with it, getting hot takes and memes and conversations. And you're going to be around other fans or users, whether that's an episode of The Bachelor or a, a huge NBA game. It's a place for people who have shared interests to come together, get the latest information and also talk to each other and talk to the content owners or the talent in a lot of cases about the things they're passionate about. They don't call it live tweeting for nothing. It, there's a reason that, it, that it's live. Live tweeting, um, yeah. In terms, of, in terms of the audience base, how do you think the way that people use Twitter is different or similar than the way people interact with other current social media channels? Sure. So I think Twitter is very real time. People come to Twitter to see what's happening, what's breaking. They also, the nature of the platform is one that's short, quick snippets of content or information. So, you know, people aren't coming to Twitter to like 
sit down and watch 30 minutes of video content in a row. That's just not the user behavior at Twitter. They're looking to scroll the feed and get quick hits of video clips or highlights and get caught up on current events of or or the latest and greatest about whatever they're passionate about. I think that's different than some other platforms where there might be more long form video viewing or it's not necessarily about breaking news or breaking entertainment. It's more about just your friends and your circle. And I always feel like when we talk to partners, you should view, at least with Twitter, as an and. There is world and a space enough for all of the social platforms. And for me, as, as personally as a user, each one serves a different purpose. And I love using other social platforms, but I also love Twitter because I get something unique from Twitter with the latest, with the live, with the quick information. And honestly, Twitter users are so funny and witty and smart. And I would like to think that some of that rubs off on me just by scrolling through the feed. So, so maybe I'm smarter and wittier and quicker by using Twitter on a regular basis. I've never thought about Twitter via osmosis, but it is totally yeah. clear that you're inspired by, you're inspired by what you see. So looking at these consumer behaviors and how you know that people use the platform, how does that info inform the way that your team works? Is it incredibly data-driven? Is it by actually experiencing, you know, the people who are interacting with the site themselves? I think when we think about what's the content that we want to bring to the platform, we want to bring content that's going to be additive to what the people on Twitter are already talking about or interested in. We don't want to create content relationships or have content that's forcing people to pay attention to something that they wouldn't naturally be inclined to pay attention to on Twitter. Let's lean into our strengths. So we look at, and and a lot of that is data-driven. We look at top conversation, top events. You know, we work really closely with the curation team who's responsible for our explore tab in making sure that we have premium content from all of the biggest events that happen around the world. Because the idea with content on Twitter is that it should be additive to the conversation and information that you're already talking about or looking for. So breaking news, sports highlights, red carpet events for award shows, back to school content, because you're probably on the platform trying to figure out which, well, for me, which backpack do my children need this year? And is there a difference between the Crayola packs? I don't know, but there's a <laughs> or how do you pack for college? What whatever goes on in back to school. So really it's about leaning into the conversations that natively happen and then making them that much better by giving premium content that complements it. It totally makes sense. And that's such a it's it's such a organic, intuitive perspective on working with your audience. From the advertiser point of view. How are brands using these insights to connect with consumers and fans on Twitter? So we have a a program called Twitter Amplify, which I talked about a little bit before, which is essentially allows brands to align with premium content coming from our partners and then target that content with their pre-roll most is the most typical way that you'll see it to the audience that the brand wants to reach. So that serves 
not only is that driving revenue for the content partner, but it's allowing a brand to be part of a conversation that they wouldn't necessarily be part of and align with premium content that they might not be able to align with other places or they are aligning with it, say, linear in a linear fashion, and it further extends that alignment to Twitter. So whether it's, again, running a pre-roll in front of NFL highlight clips or running pre-roll in front of a live stream of a red carpet around the Grammys, you are able to now be have your brand associated with some of the biggest, most talked about moments on the platform, and you're able to serve your brand message to consumers while also serving them content that they want to watch, which just makes it a stickier, you know, better brand experience for the advertisers and and ultimately for the consumers. I was gonna say it's it's a good advertiser experience, but really, I think so many people's main target is how is the consumer using this? And it sounds like that's just the best confluence of everything together. You have said, we've always set out to be the best to work with, and we really do fight to support our partners in their own challenging landscape. With that as the driving concept behind what you do, I would love to talk about a few current content partnerships one of them specifically being the 2022 FIFA World Cup in Qatar, which is coming up shortly this fall. And Twitter is partnering with Fox Sports to deliver soccer fans around the world the best content experience possible. Could you talk more about this partnership and what it means for brands and consumers? Yeah, absolutely. We are really excited about our our partnership with Fox. The World Cup is massive on Twitter. I mean, it's massive in the world, but it is massive on Twitter. And it really galvanizes fans from across the globe to be talking about and cheering along the same thing at the same time. So we're really excited for the World Cup to come. Our relationship with Fox is is going to be great and it's going to super serve our fans because we'll have highlights, real-time highlights from every single match in the World Cup, including every single goal that is made during the World Cup. So imagine you're you're a soccer fan, football fan, and you get to watch every single highlight because the games are obviously not necessarily happening in a time when you're awake and you can catch up, you can watch them, you can see these, and it's just an amazing sport. So be it, to be able to see that amazing sport and every single goal that happens is awesome. And then additionally, we're going to have live content where we'll be working with the Fox Sports team, including pre-match studio shows, which will dive straight into actual footage of a World Cup match. So you're going to get the combination of highlights as well as live. And we really think this is going to fuel the fan conversation and also allow advertisers, again, to align with some of the most premium real-time content about a world event that literally everyone is watching and talking about in a really seamless way. And that's a perfect match. And then I'm guessing that other Twitter components will play into this partnership as well. Yep, exactly. We'll also have spaces and Twitter moments and things like that. So just imagine that it's full court press on World Cup content with Twitter and Fox. And I love the every goal recap because it really feels almost like the Twitterized version of the World Cup experience. And you're really like bringing the notion of the platform together with how you're delivering the benefit to both the content partner and to and to users. Moving on to entertainment, the partnership that Twitter has with E! News with the launch of While You Were Streaming, which is a Twitter exclusive live stream show. How is it going? 
we love our partnership with E. E is is a great, great partner of ours. And they came to us with this concept of a while you were streaming show to basically provide coverage of all of the shows that people are watching. And, you know, the amazing thing about streaming content is that you can watch it at any time and binge it. The evolution from the way we used to watch is you're not necessarily watching at the same time as your friends and you see episodes or, or binge things and you're like dying to talk about it or get somebody's hot takes on it. And so that's the beauty of while you were streaming. I think we've had eight episodes. We've covered everything from Obi-Wan Kenobi to Stranger Things to Only Murders in the Building, Kardashians, J-Lo's Halftime, which was her documentary on Netflix, and then Real Housewives of Dubai. And so we 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 saw a lot of success with this. It was really sort of serving a need for, for fans in a way that there was a gap. And we're really excited for the next set of these that will be, we're gearing up for the fall with sort of the return of a lot of series and exciting shows. So more to come, but we've been thrilled with the partnership and we'll continue to evolve it as, as we grow. It's really exciting. And, and as you alluded to earlier, does this have a brand connection also, or is this exclusively with E! News? So we also sold sponsorship with Smirnoff. So they were able to align with every single episode and then target their their fans with that content. So it, it was seamless for Smirnoff and really successful for them. It's really amazing. It's like the one plus one equals three notion here of totally. the social media platform, the contents that you get to review, even though it is even beyond E, but you're using E as the mechanism to talk about all these shows because that's what E covers plus a brand sponsorship. It's like everything together. And this is more the sporting event that I follow is the television sporting event, but I mean, I'm into all of it. I think this is, this is fantastic. And then there's a, another approach that you've taken, which is charts. Yeah. Can you talk about the charts that you worked on, including last year's variety chart that you announced on stage at advertising week? Yeah. So we had an idea, I guess it was last year and it started with billboard, which is Twitter data is fascinating to to read and analyze because it it's actually trend forecasting if you think about it when when something happens in the world and a conversation spikes you're like oh people really care about that whether big or small and so last year we announced a partnership with both with Billboard and their sister Variety for Billboard it was a music chart the idea that fans can tweet about what's happening in music and influence a different kind of top music chart Billboard's obviously known for their charting and has charts from downloads to streams to video views and album purchases, et cetera. And this is conversation. So the thought is, you know, whether or not someone is releasing an album or it might be they appear on SNL or they might have had a killer kickoff to their to a concert. And that's enough to drive like here are the artists that the Twitterverse is speaking about. And then we were like, well, if we can do for this for music, why can't we also do this for TV? Wouldn't it be cool if we created a chart of the most talked about TV shows, platform agnostic, so a modern day TV guide, if you will, like, and this was actually born out of us talking to Variety, and how many times has it been like a Friday or Saturday night, and you're looking at your roommate or your partner or your spouse or your friend, and are like, what do we watch? And you're like, do I Google this? No, you should really be going to Twitter to figure out what you're watching. Um, but remembering everything that was on from the previous week and selecting a show. So born was the variety TV chart to talk about 
or to show the top television shows trending each week. And that's just like natural. TV and Twitter have always gone together. And this is sort of a modern day version of how TV and Twitter go together. So what it could be on the chart, everything from a streaming show to an event that happened on television that, you know, an award show, for example. And we're really excited about it. And we are seeing a lot of success, both from user participation and people being excited for the charts when they come out, as well as advertisers. DirecTV was a was a really big sponsor of the variety chart, which again, a natural fit for DirecTV to be able to align with top trending television shows. And just to tease, I can't tell you what it is, but be on the lookout for more iterations of this to come with our partners at Billboard and Variety. And we're really excited for the future. I feel like it's not a coincidence that the initials of Twitter and Variety are TV in and of themselves. (laughs) There you go. We were meant to be. (laughs) This is amazing. And it really is the next evolution, like you alluded to, of there's so much out there, yet there's nothing to watch ever. This is the source. And Twitter is the source with these such established partnerships of these brands that you trust, that you know, and you get the information instantly. I love it. So before we wrap up, you have worked across a number of verticals. I'd love to hear your thoughts on video advertising, specifically linear versus social versus streaming. The differences, the similarities, do you think that one medium is emerging as more powerful than the other in our current ecosystem? My point of view is that it's still an and, and that there is room for all because that's still consumer behavior. I think most consumers are a combination of consuming video on social and streaming and linear. And I still think there's something to be said for linear television and the power of, of advertising aligned with that. I am not a cord cutter. I actually believe and enjoy linear television. So I really do think it's an and. And what I think the challenge for advertisers is, is making sure that their ads themselves fit the platform where they are advertising. So an ad that you're going to put on linear is not necessarily the ad you should put on Twitter, or it should be a Twittery version of an ad. So I think the challenge becomes, and and I actually have a lot of empathy for advertisers and what they're dealing with and how they're navigating it, because no one gives you a playbook of like, here's how to handle the world of content. To go back to what you said earlier about us always striving to be the best partners, that's one of the things we try to approach with our partners is like, yes, here's what you should do on Twitter, but also knowing the huge ecosystem that they're trying to navigate, here's how to be successful in the Twitter corner of your ecosystem. So with video advertising, I think it's really about creating advertisements and the actual creative that's going to be native to how the people are consuming it. So a linear ad in one form, a streaming ad in another form, and a social ad in a third form. And then with social, they're not all creative equal. So what you put on Facebook and TikTok is going to be different than what you put on Twitter and YouTube and Instagram. So it's really about creating for the audience in the right place at the right time. So on that, Other than the very obvious of length, which is a distinction that I could see between a linear ad and an ad for Twitter, what would you say are elements of a Twitterized version of an ad that somebody would want to take into consideration for something specific to the Twitter platform? Yeah, I mean, I think something to to keep in mind on Twitter is videos are autoplayed on mute. So it needs to be incredibly visual. You also have users that are looking or are in the mindset of of moving quickly and short, snappy pieces of content. So like 
let's get your message out in the first few seconds. Let's not wait till second eight or nine to be like, here's our point. So it's, it's also about how the content is consumed. So whether it's text overlay or really strong visuals or coming out at the beginning of the app with something that grabs you and stops people. And I also think it being contextually relevant is important. You know, if you're, if you are aligning, for example, with Twitter Amplify and running an advertisement in front of premium World Cup content, then your ad should speak to the audience that's going to be stopping their scroll to look at those World Cup clips. It's it, it, it potentially needs to strike a slightly different tone than if you were aligning with Real Housewives because they're not necessarily the same audience unless you're me because I like it all. <laughs> but I am a person, so a single person. <laughs> You like it all and you oversee it all, which is, which brings it all together. It does feel like I, I'm, I'm getting this reference from you across the board that it, that it all kind of is more like a spice cabinet that you take these different pieces, that, that there are different components, that everything can work together in, in your final assembly of things, but you want to use things in the right way that they were intended. And you want to use Twitter as a platform and as a partnership in a specific way and really get at the audience and then at the brand partnerships that you're looking for. Yep, exactly. Well said. This is why you are the host. Emily inspired by the PhD course <laughs> that we all that we all just got to benefit from on the Twitter chapter of the content guide. Just to wrap things up, we love to end our conversations with a prediction on the future of television. Yes, you must look into your magic eight ball and uh, tell us what you think. Based on all of the growth and data and trends that we're seeing to date, what do you think the industry will look like five years from now? And specifically where people are watching and what the ad model is. No pressure. <laughs> no, no pressure. That is literally the multi-billion dollar question, right? You know, I think that there is going to hit a point or there, if there hasn't already, where individuals have a balance between subscriptions and non-subscription access to content. I don't see a world in the long-term future where users or consumers are subscribing to like 10 different apps. I think they're going to have to consolidate in some way, shape or form. I think the biggest thing to watch, in my opinion, is what happens with live sports. I think live sports is a huge driver of, of obviously of linear and people's con- continuing subscribing to cable. So it will be really interesting to see how live sports evolved and some of evolves and some of the things that the NFL is doing with Amazon and rumored to be doing with other platforms is really going to be telling in, in the coming years. So I, I, that's a really big non-answer for you of like, I don't know, but I do think it will be a combination of subscribing to apps still seeing ads in some way, shape or form. And there's probably still going to be linear television, especially if if live sports are remaining heavily based in linear. I think we're going to see the Housewives and the World Cup come together on one stage and we'll all be sitting and watching still in our living rooms, but with apps on our phones. That I mean, Real Housewives of Dubai take Qatar for the World Cup could be the crossover we all need, maybe. I think done and we, we <laughs> offline this for sure. Triple of advertising, we are completely in. Sarah, this has been such a pleasure to speak about the incredible, inspiring work that you do 
and a glance at where the social media industry is going. Thank you so much for having me. We are really grateful for our partnerships that we have with you all and all of our amazing content partners. They are what makes Twitter great and make Twitter Twitter. So without them, Twitter wouldn't be anything close to what it, as engaging as it is. And so we and myself just feel lucky that I get to have this as my job and we get to work with all these amazing people. No more boring jobs and yours is anything, anything but boring. Thank you so much. It was so great to speak to you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Spotless. To hear more from our guests, find us in the Apple, Spotify, and Google podcast stores. Tune in next week for more from the boldest voices across creative technology and television. I'm your host, Alexis Ruff. I love TV and I hate camping. Mm -hmm.